This is Richard Baum, welcoming you to Automation for the Nation. Episode 10, a milestone, double figures. Will I still be talking to you at 99 and thinking about episode 100? I really hope so, as I feel I'm just starting to get into this subject. So this week I'm talking about your systems as a sales opportunity and the systems conversation. This week, I've been thinking very hard about my positioning, who I am and what do I offer you, the listener. So far, I've got it to this. I'm a strategy consultant focusing on business systems, and my mission is to prove that anyone can automate. Not everyone has to automate, but anyone should be able to understand the concept behind automation. We see a task that we're doing repetitively, we make it automatic, we save ourselves some work. Automation is therefore about freeing up time for ourselves so that we can do other stuff. It's about laziness, but it's also about realising potential and opportunity through our systems. I was originally going to call this episode Goodbye to the Old Life, as I feel and I know that there is a change happening. Here's some background. When I left school, aged 18, with four A-levels and a clear idea of what I was going to study at university, life seemed pretty simple. I was on my own trajectory... Leaving my hometown and life felt pretty good. I had escaped. I had put some hard work in and got where I wanted to be regarding my education. I had landed a corporate sponsorship which would pay me extra money during my time at university. And more importantly, it guaranteed me a job for over, for 10 weeks every summer and for at least six months after I graduated. So it was all good. So then I bundled all my goods into my little, little car and headed off to university all full of promise of the future. When I was there, I met great friends, lifelong friends. I met my future wife. I had lots of fun, the education seemed a little bit less fun, a little bit more distant, and in the end I scraped through with a degree in electrical and electronic engineering, knowing that in my heart I was more of a software engineer than a hardware guy. After each academic year in the summers I went to Basingstoke in the UK to work for Motorola Land Mobile Product Systems. I joined a cohort of fellow student engineers from many years at universities and different different stages of their university career and different courses from around the country. It was a great opportunity to learn from them um, and how they had come to electronics as well as understanding what corporate life really was. I was really excited to receive my first pass badge with my photo and my name on it. I felt a thrill as I was creating stuff that people would buy and that got me excited. The truth though became slowly a little bit more mundane. By the time I'd finished my six-month placement following university, and written up my master's thesis on software migration, I was done with Motorola and then with me. I'd really shown no aptitude for the electronics, which was the heart of the job. I had shown some aptitude for the computer systems migration, though, and had helped with the developer's workstation migration. Uh, We implemented a set of Hewlett-Packard systems, which none of the engineers really liked, as they preferred their older systems. And this was very much an exercise then in a phased and subtle migration, or put it another way, this is happening whether you like it or not, just get used to it. And this project really became the mainstay of my career for the next 30 years. Breaking bad news to people who didn't really want any change was the job of the management stooge in some ways, but I'd found a niche. When I left Motorola, I had an exit interview with the guys whose job it was to support me through my tenure. I was young and cocksure and probably pretty direct with my feedback. I felt that the engineering culture was so boring, so staid and conventional, that it was a long way short of what I'd expected. I'd also felt there was no room for creativity, no room for flair, and even no room for enthusiasm even. I left there a little dented, 
a little disappointed, a little bit um, jaded, but determined to find something better. I didn't really know what went into building and maintaining a corporation at that point, but I felt sure that it was something that could easily be fixed. It wasn't a systemic problem. My next job was for Norton Networks. It was more interesting. I had customer interactions. I worked on systems management software for Glass Fiber Multiplex and Network. It was tangible. There was a product. However, the pace of change was still slow. I was looking for more. I moved on quickly, probably after a year and a half. I discovered financial services. I worked for the Financial Times in their information departments. I worked for a data warehouse consultancy. At that point, I switched to contracting. I worked in banks, exchanges. I was working in the world-famous city of London. It was around the millennium. The millennium bug came along. I worked on that. It was great fun. Dynamic, exciting, working with clever people on complex projects that delivered more and more value and more quickly. But still there was a hole in my soul for some real software that would speak to people more directly. So I'd started to dabble in open source since around 1995. But in 2000, I flipped to doing it full time and built some music software, building it, setting it, giving it away as it was open source, but also building a product around it with a friend. We attended conventions and conferences. We wrote articles, we publicized, we sold a few hundred copies and we got a lot of attention. We had chats with some manufacturers and this started to feel more like it. But at this stage, it was still a dream and a slow moving one. And that didn't put bread on the table. And when children came into the picture around this time, it was time to get a job again. And the cycle broke down and stuttered a little. However, the direct connection that I felt promoting and selling was a bug that bit me hard and got me thinking, what should be my offering? Software? Services? How does this relate to the corporate jobs and the working world that I'd lived in until then? More jobs came and went. Coding, systems, management, more responsibility. I was finally seeing the side of delivering bad news. And when I say bad news, I mean bad news around systems change, not bad news around you're fired. Is a art form in itself. I realised that delivering bad news around system change is a sales job. Corporate IT projects are mainly about staging the delivery of bad news. I, a new system is coming, we're going to decommission the old one that you liked, the new one won't do everything you need it to do. Plus, it'll do a load of other things you have no use for or understanding of at this time. Sorry about that. My journey through corporate land from the age of about 20 to the age of 50 has taught me that no one cares about internal systems. They are an inconvenience but a necessary one. Change is harder to sell internally than it is to convince externally that a new system will fix all of your problems. And this is what happens. We buy more and more systems, we integrate them into our businesses, and we never seem to get rid of the old ones. And so what has this got to do with the systems that run your business, your ERP system, your finance, your CRM, your email systems? They shape the ability of your business to react to change. Your fixed systems may be the element that is holding you back from landing that customer or closing that deal or opening up that partnership. Therefore, a systems conversation is what you should be doing regularly inside your business to realise what elements of your technology are supporting or hindering your needs, as well as your ambitions as a company. Now, in the last few months, I've been studying the art of positioning. I've read some books and I've listened to lots of people. I've also talked with a few people as well and got some opinions on what matters and when to whom. While large organisations are mainly set up to preserve the status quo, and corporate IT is a static beast which moves slowly and, as we have seen, is really only about delivering bad news, 
It doesn't mean that small firms have all the ambition or are any more agile when it comes to realising opportunities through their systems. So I'm saying, in other words, small firms can be as bad as large firms when it comes to this. Small companies can be stuck in a rut. One person can be stuck in a rut. How do we shift it? How do we get over the hump? The point is that leaders need to be good at positioning and marketing in order to drive sales. The systems need to support leaders in their ability to convert and support sales. So when it comes to systems change, don't expect that it's just somebody else's problem. In whatever size business you find yourself, you are inextricably affected by systems inertia when it comes to both doing your job and making the company more successful. It's not the size of the company or the role of the individual that matters. It's the attitude we take to our systems and the conversations that we have to keep them alive in our heads. Systems are there to help us, but they can very quickly make our businesses less agile, less able to compete. So make sure you have a systems conversation regularly. How can you do this? Well, I like to start with a picture of the systems and a discussion around it. With a picture, you have everything you need to talk about. Let your thoughts turn to the opportunities that could exist if only you had something to assist you, if you didn't have to do something in a certain way because of your systems. Understand what is constraining you in your business, as well as what could help you. Without realising regularly the opportunities that your systems can afford, you're not taking full advantage of your size or scale. And that applies whatever size or scale you are. Systems are there to help you leverage. So have that conversation, even if it must be with yourself and understand what changes you need to be more effective in your next sales call, your next round of generating leads, or your next conversation with a potential partner or customer. Give yourself that chance, and give yourself that context. Until next time, this is Richard Bowne on Automation for the Nation, wishing you goodbye and good luck.